Hello everybody, I am delighted to be live tonight with none other than the amazing, the incredible Sabrina Vergi, who did not set a ladies record on the Wainwrights this last week. Um, so here to tell us more about that is Sabrina herself. Um, six days, 17 hours, 51 minutes. It's pretty impressive, Sabrina, congratulations. Um, but why are you uncomfortable with people calling it a record? Let's just talk about that a bit first. Yeah, I set out to 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 get a record, um, but as I went around, probably about four days in, I had knee trouble and I needed assistance to get down some of the hills. Um, and what what could have been a little bit of assistance, I did need more than that on the way around to finish it. So there was a point where I could have just stopped and given up on everything, but I I wanted to get around all the summits in whatever way I could and. And I was able to go uphill fine. I was able to do the flats um, and some descents, but some things, some things are just a bit too steep for my knee. And I needed to go backwards actually and be guided down, you know, because obviously it's quite steep terrain and, and hold on to people. Um, so, you know, it's not really in the spirit of things to to get a record in this manner. So, it's it's best to to not try to to claim it makes things complicated. Um, and um, as I said, motivated to go for it again next year. Oh, brilliant. I was going to ask you that question. Like, even though you must still be really tired, like, are you thinking about going for it again? Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'd like to do it properly. Yeah. And do you think if your knee hadn't flared up, do you think you would have been on for breaking the Paul's record, which was um, the six days and six hours record from last year? Well, I still had a long way to go, but it was looking good that I was pretty much on the schedule um I wouldn't say it was impossible it, it was proving to be potentially possible yeah but everything has to go right um and I've had a lot of bad runnings in with the weather so that did kind of um uh, make things harder so I think if I do it in May and I have a bit better weather and I haven't got bracken everywhere there's a, a better chance of it um but who knows Paul might get back out there and, and do it there. Make it harder for me. Yeah, yeah, he might cut it down to, I don't know, five days. <laughs> it's not just about beating, you know, his record. It was just about what time did I think could be done. You know, I wrote a schedule based on what I thought was possible. And, and that was that. And it happened to be faster than what Paul had done. But it's just a schedule at the end of the day. And you can only carry out as best you can. I don't know if anyone, everyone's probably watching John Kelly right now. That's really exciting, you know, and he's written his schedule and he was up, 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 up for the first bit and then he drops a little bit and he's dropping, dropping a little bit, but he's still ahead of the record. So it's like one of those and you're like, oh, can he do it? And that's what it was like with me. And, and that's just how it is, you know, and if you don't push the boat out and put your schedule on, you know, the best that you can do, you won't get it because you won't have your support team in place and they won't be on board with what you're thinking. Yeah, they can they always won't. delay stuff, can't they? But yeah. they can't really rush ahead. Yeah. yeah, it gets more difficult. So I think you have to aim high with your schedules. And then also, if you are chasing record, as John Kelly is, you've got wiggle room. So although you may be not on the splits you were hoping, um, you might still just sneak in there. And that would be nice. You yeah. know? Um, that's probably his thinking as well. But I think he would like to smash it a bit more. But yeah. 
Yeah, so go John. <laughs> yeah, go John. Yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? In these times that we've got something to watch, isn't it? Like there's no races happening. Let's watch some amazing athletes do some cracking FKTs. And I just, just in case pe- some people are watching and they don't know what the Wainwrights is, I'm just going to put a little map up on the screen here to just show the 214 peaks in the Lake District that Alfred Wainwright declared were um, his favourite peaks, the most beautiful peaks, the must-do peaks in the Lake District. Um, and there's a route that wiggles around between them. And obviously, Joss Naylor um, was amongst, possibly was, or was amongst one of the first people to kind of do it or popularise the route in back in 1986 with seven days, one hour and 25 minutes. And then Steve Birkenshaw in 2014 dropped that down quite dramatically, actually, to six days and 13 hours and he's written a book on that called no map in hell which is really really good definitely get it if you can and then paul tierney last year 2019 six days six hours and now sabrina vergy almost a kind of uh, sort of a ladies kind of semi-assisted fkt maybe we should call it um of six days 17 hours 51 minutes so we were all following you sabs on this tracker here um and it was really gutting actually because of covid we couldn't come out and support you because I had the idea that I was going to come up for a couple of days and film you doing some stuff. So I was really pleased that there were some people from La Sportiva kind of running around with cameras there. And Chris Lines, um, he got some footage as well. Um, so I just want to show some show everyone that footage before we get on to the patron questions because people have got some really good questions for you. So I'm going to just show you arriving at the final peak, which is Cat Bells. And then at the top of Cat Bells, it's a bit windy. Are they able to hear the bagpipes? Um, hopefully, yes. I can hear yeah. the bagpipes. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if they can hear us, though. <laughs> um, yeah. And then this is, I love this clip of you running like a bat out of hell to the moot hall and actually running up the steps. How incredible is that? I kind of felt there were people watching, I have to make an effort now. Definitely. I was alright going up stuff, it was the day. Oh, yeah. Oh, the doms <laughs> must have been incredible. Yeah, no, I don't know I got doms. This is the weird thing. It wasn't doms, it's just some knee thing. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm just going to give you a little taste of who's watching as well because we've got tons of people watching live. So Robin Townsend says, good evening, looking forward to this one. Philip Haddock says he's been looking forward to the Sabrina interview. Um, Hannah Baisley says, looking forward to it too. Catherine Roberts says, hey. Sue Marsh says, theoretically she's working during this live chat. Nigel's <laughs> pleased that his YouTube is fixed so he can see this. Catherine Roberts says, Sabrina looks amazing. How is she even upright? Uh, Ab- <laughs> she sat down. <laughs> she sat down in a, on a sofa. Um, Abby okay. says hi. Um, John Airy says evening, Sabrina. Looking well. You must have had some good sleep at least. Um, and Jeanette Hall said I heard the bagpipes and I can hear you, so they could hear us chatting during that. Um, Matthew Conrad Jones says hey as well. Um, so yeah, tons of people listening. Um, and I have got some really interesting questions for you um, uh, because. Yes, it is a really interesting thing what you've done. So Robin 
Townsend says, massive congratulations, first of all, Sabrina. Absolutely amazing. I have loved watching your progress last week. What made you want to go for the record in the first place? And what did your training and preparation look like around your work commitments? Um, yeah, so I, when Steve did it six years ago, that's when I first thought about it or knew about it or even heard of Wainwright Tops. And I know other people sort of think, about Wayne Drops and they've been bagging them individually and that's a really fun thing to do. But when I saw Steve was like, just gonna get Wayne Wright's all in one go, I thought, yeah, that's the sort of way I would do it, you know, why would you mess around? Hmm. So yeah, because also I mean I've been up loads of Wayne Wrights, but I've never methodically ticked them off. So even before I started I wasn't sure if I'd ever got them all. I thought I probably had. <laughs> I wasn't so, sure. <laughs> so, so it was like, right, well that's an easy way to make sure you've got them all. Do them all in one go logically. Brilliant nice journey challenging yeah i think i like long distance stuff i like the doing things overnight um and yeah just running because with the adventure racing i got a bit fed up with biking and kayaking which wasn't yeah my forte so yeah um definitely was excited about just doing all the summits in a bit of a journey yeah yeah you like a journey don't you because like you won the summer spine race outright uh, that's 268 miles um and the dragon's back race you've come fifth you've come second you've come second again um so yeah you love the long stuff don't you and you oh, love yeah going from a to b yeah it's it's inspiring and being just being in the mountains you know um and you know there's very little road or anything else on on this it's properly mountainous terrain the whole time which is really great um, and so my training, um, I used recceing really to do the training because you're thinking, right, well, I need to get more hills in. And the reccees were beastly, you know, I'd go out and you might, you know, I'd do like 40, 50k, but the ascent was mega in that time. Um, and during lockdown, uh, I felt, well, I wasn't supposed to drive anywhere to go running, but I could go running from my door. So I did all my recce's from Langdale, which was quite amusing. When you're like, I really need to go and recce around Ennerdale Water. Right. That's a long way to get to. So I'd go out all the way up uh, Allen Crag, Pumping Tarn, go over the um, Aaron Slack, down, and then start my recce. And it would be things, and then you'd end up doing 67k just to do three or four peaks you hadn't done yet. Wow. But it was really good training, really good training. So I, I just did that um, a lot. Um, to get all the, yeah, to get it all in and get the miles in, the ups and downs. Because it's really hard to plan a route, if I weren't doing a recce, to plan a route with that much up and down without going mad, I think. Mm. Yeah. Sending yeah. myself up and down random hills. Whereas if it's because I'm trying to follow a route, it's easier in my head, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And the ascent is incredible. It's on this on the Wainwrights, it's 326 miles, it's 36,000 metres. And just to compare that to the Spine Race, which is 268 miles, so the mileage kind of like, sort of, you can sort of get your head around that. But the ascent's almost triple. It's like the Spine Race is 13,300 metres. So compare that to 36,000, it's kind of almost triple. And it's just, it's just crazy. Um, but those loops sound like a really good idea. Um, it sounds a bit just yeah. just Naylor esque. Just goes, oh, I just go up there and round there and over there and yeah. back down to Posdelfati. Yeah. And um, with that in mind, um, Hannah's got the question. Um, she's a vet as well. Um, 
so she wants to know um, how do you find the time to train? Yeah, I I mean I own my own practice now, which makes things you could say on one hand easier, but more often it's more difficult. Yeah, actually. I wouldn't say it's uh, easier to do your own thing. <laughs> yeah, so I try to have three days off a week, so the weekend maybe in another day, and those are my big hill days where I just go out all day on the hill, and I don't do anything else. And then the days I'm working, I'll try and do a local run, you know, near the practice to fit in. Um, sometimes I sleep at work, that saves me a journey back and forth, you know, um, and then if I'm on call, I'm there anyway. So that's a way of, you know, if I don't have a 45-minute drive home, a 45-minute drive back, I can spend that time running. Um, so I think you can fit these things in, but you have to remember, I don't have a family, I don't have children, um, I don't have any other commitments, so, you know, I really do just work and run. Um, I mean, yeah, we run the bunkhouse as well, but yeah, um, yeah, I'm busy. I don't sleep much. <laughs> That's good I practice, eh? <laughs> I fit in, you know? yeah. yeah. I think if you want to do something, you'll fit in. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and and it's in, an interesting time, isn't it, to do such um, an amazing kind of attempt? Um, because usually, um, in normal times, you get tons of people turning out for stuff like this to support people. Um, Philip, Philip Haddock wants to know, what was it like running the Wainwrights in the middle of a pandemic? And congratulations, by the way, he says, massive achievement. Running it in the middle of the pandemic, yes. Um, I think earlier in the lockdown it would have been weirder. Things are becoming more normal of late. So there was less of that. But I, I felt bad for having to ask people to stay away. I really did. Um, but I really didn't want to be responsible for coronavirus transmission, you know, it, and for encouraging people to move around the country as well. I know we're all allowed to go places, but the last thing I want is a massive influx of people into the Lake District from cities where they might have a higher viral load. Um, so I think it's more that I felt bad for not being able to include people, but um, I'm glad that they could have the dot watching experience and hopefully they got to see some videos and photos and feel a bit involved. Um, some some of my local friends were amazing, and they they went up to some summits and left me notes. Oh yeah, I saw one of those. Yeah, that really was quite wonderful actually. That I would arrive at the summit with a little note there, and and that really touched me. Um, so yeah, so I think it's been fine running the pandemic. And at the end of the day, I've had my two support paces with me, you know, on each leg. Um, they've just been amazing. You know, I've just. All I've had to think about is moving, you know, eating, and that's it, to take care of everything else. Yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it, having a really good support team who you can really oh, rely on. Um, okay, that is that question done. And then um, Kat wants to know, um, did you deviate from your plan at all as the week progressed? Um, and she, she says, obviously, massive congratulations as well deviate from my plan um no we were pretty good sticking on the schedule um and the route we did the route as planned more or less i mean i did one i had planned to go across from so there's one we go stony cove and you go north i think it's hearts up dodd and there's tarn crag and um originally i would have gone down and up but the river at the bottom was full and it was claggy so we couldn't see the line so I thought it was safer just to turn around and go around the, the long way um, but it saved, saved a lot of height drop and gain, so you know, there's nothing in it really. Um, and, and that's it, there was minimal change to the route. So the route was executed as uh, it should have been. Um, and well, one what bar one nav error off um, Scarfell 
we were trying to find Ling Mel, but we couldn't see anything. It was just completely clagged. We couldn't see the, the route. Luckily, the path we ended up dropping off on was not too different. We didn't lose too much time, but it was quite funny that we were just like, oh, we're completely wrong place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that can definitely happen. I remember on my Bob Graham, um, even Steve Birkinshaw wasn't sure where Thunakar Knot was, like on like oh, yeah. uh, over the Scarfell uh, section on leg three. And I was just thinking, oh my goodness, if, a, if, if Steve Birkinshaw is not sure, then I have no chance in hell. Because <laughs> I just I was just popping some pictures up there that the weather was not good all the time, was it? You've got some beautiful pictures and then some like somewhere you're where it's claggy there's a lot of you hugging various trig points which is really cool um and yeah and wearing these amazing socks which are very stripy um i did want to base the whole interview around those socks um because i think I they're brilliant where where are they from deck shells oh okay so they're waterproof Bamboo light deck shells. Now I'm not actually that keen on them being bright and very obvious, but people love it because they can spot me from miles away. Um, <laughs> but they—they're not a fashion statement of mine, but they are very um, useful. I mean, they—they keep my feet dry. Uh, and those particular ones, they have a band. Um, the the, the long ones have a band just below the knee that stops water getting in as well. So when you cross a river, oh. you don't suddenly get waterproof socks full of water like swimming pools, which is really unhelpful. Uh, so they're really good socks, uh, and yeah, I, I'm not sure the feet would have stayed in one piece if I weren't wearing because because it would wet the entire time. The ground was completely saturated. There were no legs where you wouldn't have completely wet feet the entire time. So nobody would manage to do that, I would say, in those conditions without dry socks. Yeah, you would just fall. You'd have trench foot for sure. Yeah. That's really interesting and a really good tip as well for anybody who um, who gets uh, sore feet and doesn't want to and is doing something long and needs some uh, some dry feet going on. Um, and then uh, we've got another question, kind of a route related, kind of kind of motivation related question from Rich Simpson. Um, he says there was quite a few times when you had to do sort of these dog legs, kind of backtracking on the route. Um, yeah. And I'll just put the route up again there so people can see all the like the various dog legs going on. Um, and he says, um, especially when you were close to the finish, um, but then sort of having to turn around and do some more peaks to sort of dodge back on yourself. Um, how um, how on earth did you deal with that mentally? Because he says he's seen people break with less backtracking. Um, how did you cope with these enormous sort of diversions as they seem to be? Yeah, you just don't think about it. I mean, I'm, I know, I knew what there was involved in the whole thing as a record at all. I knew what was to come. I knew what I had to do. And I knew if I didn't do that, then I wasn't completing the mission. So it's not, yeah, I just trundled along, really. And I would say the funny thing is, is I, I could have gone on longer. It's not like I got to Moot Hall and was like, that's me. And I think because you go for so long, and I, I think sometimes that's the problem with some people, and then they've, They've capped the end, and then if the end doesn't come where the end should be, it can be a problem. It can be a, you know, a wall that you can't get through. So I, I think, yeah, I, I was just happy. God, I was just enjoying myself. Yeah, oh, that's amazing that you felt <laughs> like you could go longer. The last day was sunny and lovely, and I loved it. It was just, oh. yeah, it was, yeah, it was amazing. 
Awesome. It's amazing that you felt like you were, you know, you were running up to the moot hall and you were like, oh, I don't really want this to end because like you must have had not very much sleep in those six or so days. Like, did you have any hallucinations? How long did you sleep for? John Airy is, is um, keen to know yeah, this. So we sleep for about seven to eight hours for the whole thing. Really? So like just under two hours a day? Yeah, so I didn't sleep the first night, an hour and a half at Langdale, an hour the next night, an hour and a half again, and then I think an hour and a half, an hour and a half, so it was like that. Yeah, and I've got this photo here, courtesy of Giles Ruck, um, where you're in a bivvy bag just under a stone, and he's sort of smiling next to you, and and you look um, kind of dead <laughs> under the stone. Yeah, so, do, do I have those proper sleeps, where they're in a camper van or in my own house or wherever, um, but if during the night I have a moment as it were so I this is this is quite funny I, I go along and I'm happy trudging along marching going at a decent speed and then I'll start saying I can't see guys I can't see my vision's going but I'm like and then he's ignoring me because I'm talking rubbish and I'll be like hey, I need to keep my eyelids open you know like, I need to keep my eyelids open I can't keep my eyelids open what can we do I need to remove my eyelids so I can see <laughs> and I'm like how do I remove my eyelids guys let's peel them off let's peel them off because they're in the way (laughs) (laughs) or you should get like um see-through ones translucent eyelids like a snake don't they have three eyelids (laughs) it's just like completely missing the point though isn't it (laughs) so I'm burbling on about this and then apparently I started talking about painting fences green I'm not sure where that came from (laughs) wow Uh, I'm burbling stuff and I'm not being very useful so at that point I go right guys I need a nap so then the important thing is I don't get cold while having a snap. So I shove loads of clothes on, climb into the bivvy. To be honest, it's better if I have someone in with me with their body heat and then just have a snooze. Um, of course, we didn't do that because of coronavirus. Oh, um, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, there's a good anyway. two metre gap there in this photo. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you have to get into this bivvy bag. It'd be better instead of there are two, but there's one. Anyway, so, um, so yeah, um, you then have a kip, five minutes. They wake you up, I get up, off I go. Mm, cool. And sometimes it lasts a good long while. Sometimes it doesn't last very long, I have to do it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's amazing that you've still got the presence of mind, though, to say to everyone, hang on, I'm chatting rubbish here, I need to sleep. Like, I know, I thought someone would, would, would pick me up before because I'm just being annoying, but they never did. <laughs> Maybe they just thought it was funny. <laughs> and so I, I wanted... don't know what they were thinking. I... <laughs> I'm speaking these words knowing I'm garbling rubbish, yet I can't help it. And um, the worst one was coming to Langdale. I'm surprised. I, I really can't believe that Neil didn't just, I don't know, kill me. <laughs> <laughs> Rugby tackle you to the ground and go, you need sleep tabs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. But um, I was complaining that why were we going uphill when my house was downhill? Um, why were we going downhill when we want to go uphill to the summit? why 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 is why are we going uphill again neil why why are we doing this and then it's just like then when we'd reach the summit why am i going uphill again neil i thought i got the summit <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and yeah and then he's like uh no <laughs> in the dark, and he did really well because he just didn't really respond too much to me i think he just sort of said yes abs don't worry we're almost there <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> it's good to have it's good to go have a good support team, isn't it? I've just I've just put a yeah. picture of Ben, your partner, doing a selfie yeah. um, with you guys going uphill in the background, and he yeah. looks like he's having a good time too. I know he mm-hmm. must have not had much sleep either. Um, ben but... did really well. I think Ben 
had so much to deal with, you know, phone calls, um, coordinating people, filling in where there were gaps, uh, making sure road support was there, making sure I was okay, you know, and probably worried about me. And yeah, it's been great. Yeah, because it, it's not just the athlete that does this challenge, is it? There's a whole team of people beside you, as you can see as you run into Keswick. Team was just amazing. I just, I, I can't thank them enough. They were just the best people. Um, they've made it like the most enjoyable experience, and I just felt so privileged. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. And and they must have helped you with the food side of things as well. Because um, uh, Graham Guy has a question. He says, um, "What was nutrition like on such a challenge?" And I'm going to put a picture up here. There's a picture of you walking uphill with a bag of food and a. Sp- it looks like a spoon or a toothbrush oh, yeah. in your so hand. So I'd headed out on that Wasdale hard knot leg and was not feeling the love for food, um, certainly none of the food that I had. And I raided Nikki's stash of food. She had wrap a wrap with cheese and lettuce in. And, oh, my God, lettuce has never tasted so good. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, yeah, because if you're eating, like, loads of sweet stuff. Yeah, and she's like, right, what else can you eat? She went, rattled through my food again. I was like, oh, God, don't want any of that. can't remember what else I raided off her. But, yeah, I was cheese. I was managing cheese on its own. Um, so that leg, I was desperate. I was not getting the calories in. It was a miserable leg because the weather was rubbish. It was the hardest leg for me because of the terrain. It was all going a bit pear-shaped. I had this awful slog across from Ilgil Head at Wastwater to Slightside. And the fern was high and the grass was ugh, unforgiving. It was like, you know, the baby heads. And oh, yeah. Going uphill, like this slight uphill, which you think you should be able to move through quite quickly. But because the baby heads, it just took forever. Honestly, I was, I was losing it there. Um, and I had no calories in me, so I couldn't move very quickly. And then we eventually got to Scarfell, and I had an ingenious idea, because obviously we were heading back towards Langdale, and I said, right, get Ben. I said, like, I just need Ben, because I knew Ben would sort me out. You know when you're just like, I need someone to sort me out here. I need fixing. Get yeah. Ben. So um, I um, asked him to come and br- he bring a meal. So he made one of those expert meals. And he ran up to um, Esk Hawes and met us there and oh. gave me the meal. So that's why I'm eating that food as I go along. And I managed to eat the whole thing. And that was a thousand calories, bang. You know, and, and I finished that leg strong and it got me back in the game. Yeah. That was, that was like, I got rescued. I got rescued there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you say you got rescued, but again, it's you going, hang on a minute, this is what I need, and then asking for it. So I think um, it is really interesting how you're still so compassmentous, even whilst you're in these kind of bad patches, that you can, you know, it's experience, isn't it, that tells you, right, yeah, I need to do like something. It. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I was lucky he was able to come. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, he didn't have... Yeah, I've got something on, Sabs. <laughs> um, so then, um, yeah, just to, to kind of delve a little bit more into that whole, whole mental side of things, um, John Watts wants to know, um, like, do you have some kind of internal monologue that keeps you going? No, there's nothing I really say to myself. I just, um, I just want it, you know, that's just... I want it. I don't know why or how, but I do, and then I'm just going to achieve it. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know where it comes from or how you get that. Um, 
yeah, if you're focused on something and you really want it, you can have it. Yeah, wise words, wise words. Um, and another couple of questions, because I know you've got to go soon. Um, we talked a little bit about highs and lows, um, but Catherine is interested in, um, did you have any major lows and how did you get back on track, um, like get your kind of emotions back on track? Um, and uh, also massive congratulations, she says. Yeah, so the Godwood car park was a major low because I'd not been able to get off car side, uh, that steep descent. I'd had to go backwards, holding on to people, and it was really painful. And I got down there, and I was like, "Oh dear, do I need to? Do I need to sack this off?" <laughs> it was like, "Do I need to?" And I was like, "I don't want to." Um, but see, that's where having good people around you is really important. So I had a little chat with Sally, and we decided I'll have a sleep here for an hour and a half, and then. I'll um, reassess the situation once I get up. Um, and then we just said, yeah, look, let's just take one step at a time. And, and I was lucky because they were prepared to do that. They were prepared to walk with me along that road at like, I don't know, half a K an hour, whatever I was managing to put out and, and put up with it. And, you know, I can't thank them enough, really, because it was that tootling along one step in front of the other. And I eventually managed to get my speed back. Um, and get in my head how I might achieve the finish. Yeah. It's amazing that even though you had the knee problem and you thought, oh, no, I'm not on for this record, and you were kind of thinking, oh, I've kind of been assisted, I don't know if, it's, if I can call it a record, that you still just carried on. It's it's just, I think everybody's more impressed by that. <laughs> yeah, um, I had to put it I just had to get it done. Yeah, yeah, you got to get it done. It's, you know, you've booked the time off work, may as well just spend it in the hills, hey? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, obviously, the uh, towards the end, I think it was, the previous record holders. So um, Paul Tierney and Steve Birkinshaw, they came, didn't they? And um, I've got a photo of you walking with them um, here. Uh, but Chloe Mason says, mm -hmm. how was it running with the previous record holders? Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. I mean, we're all like-minded um, and they were very supportive and wanted me to achieve what I could achieve, you know, and prepared to do anything to help me. Uh, and they've been fab. So, you know, and that's another reason not to claim a record when I shouldn't be because, you know, it undermines um, other people's efforts. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah, we need to keep it, keep it clean. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, it looks like you're having a good old chat with them. One of Chris Lines' photos there, discussing yeah. something. What, what were you, can you remember what you were talking about? Was it something to do with the Wainwrights, or was it just like, oh, I had a really great pork pie the other day? It wasn't anything to do with the Wainwrights. I think we were just babbling. And that was what was great about a lot of this, is it was just, yeah, we were focused. Yeah, we were moving forward. Yeah, we were all on it but we were also enjoying ourselves talking about all sorts of things and just enjoying being of the same mindset, loving being outdoors, loving having a purpose um, and loving being together. And it was, you know, a lot of us have not seen people for ages because of the coronavirus. So it was really, I think that made it even more special that it was a get together at that particular time. Um, and yeah, I guess that was another reason I didn't really want to stop. I was enjoying it. Yeah. 
Oh, and then it did come to an end um, and uh, Joss Naylor was there as well. Um, so yeah. you're, there's a photo here, a really great photo of you like about to raise your arms just in front of the Moot Hall, um, which is really fantastic. Um, and then Joss, there's a lovely photo of you and Joss and um, it's a shame Paul couldn't be there as well, uh, but Steve's there as well, keeping your one metre distance, I see, um, as you stand by the Moot Hall steps. Um, how did it feel seeing Joss coming out? Did you know he was going to be there? I was very honoured that he turned up. No, I didn't know he was going to be there. I felt very special. Um, and, yeah, it made my day. Um, because he used to live in Wasdale, I think I'd uh, thought about seeing if he could, you know, got involved at Wasdale with us, um, but he wasn't there anymore. So to have him at the end was, was really lovely. And the words he said to me, very, yeah, I, I made me very happy. Um, oh, um, what did he say to you? Yeah, he said, look, you've, you've really achieved something here and, um, you know, it's... It, it's something to, to inspire people and you will inspire people um so yeah hopefully hopefully it does and people get out there and get more women out you know especially definitely i think you've definitely very much done that um tons of women were asking questions on this one and and tons of well everyone's just interested because it's such an amazing achievement um and one final question that we've just got from colin clark um why do you think that vets like to run so far there's sabrina there's jasmine paris there's rob pope he is also a vet and he likes to run far and then we've got veterinary nurse um hannah um hannah neal as well um so yeah do you think it's something about being a vet and like Nikki Spink she's a cattle farmer she's close to cows all day well, we um when I was at uni we did notice that a lot of the vets did sport to a high level and doctors as well mm. and I think it's probably in the same ball of the ambition and achievement and the drive you know if you're driven to succeed in a profession maybe you're driven to succeed in running can you just push yourself out a bit farther? I don't know. It could just be coincidence. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I noticed on the spine race once when I was reporting on that, there was a lot of like anaesthetists and, you know, like people who worked in the medical profession because of all the shift work that they do. So they were actually really good at the whole sleep deprivation yeah. thing. Like, was it, is it Carol Morgan? Didn't she used to um, work in something along those lines? And Tom Hollins as well. I, I could be completely remembering it wrong, but the medical no. professions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah yeah um fantastic well i know you said you had half an hour and we've taken up yeah, 34 yeah. minutes of your time in 21 seconds um so i have answered everybody's questions i've asked everybody's yeah. questions so I'm, I'm so happy i'm so happy that you could join us here tonight sabrina um everybody has loved the live chat um and i just wish you the best of luck for your recovery for your knee i hope that i can come and see you soon um and i just hope that next year in may you get around it and um, smash that record down and, yeah or create a, just a women's record that you're happy with personally okay thanks a lot there nice to talk to you hi it's claire here i hope you enjoyed this podcast these live chats take place every wednesday evening at 6 30 p.m uk time on world ginger running youtube channel and the link is in the show notes 
I just wanted to let you know that you can find this and loads more advice and inspiration and gear tests all about trail and ultra running on my YouTube channel, Wild Ginger Running. There are training tips, advice from elite athletes, top coaches, nutritious recipes, key exercises, injury prevention information, and tons of trail kit reviewed from running packs to poles, waterproofs to head torches, GPS watches, and shoes, 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 and did I mention shoes? I've been going for a few years now, so there's a huge archive of content to help you out with your trail and ultra running. To quickly and easily find the information you need, simply type your query into the Google search box and then write wild ginger running after it. Then Google will show you whatever blog posts or films I have on that topic. Give it a try. And if you appreciate listening and all the information that I share on YouTube, you're also very welcome to support me on Patreon, which gets you some additional excellent perks and the chance to win some awesome prizes. For as little as the price of a cup of coffee every month, patrons get discounts, extra films, access to the exclusive Facebook and Strava groups, the chance to ask questions to every live chat guest, plus automatic entry into my monthly competition to win £400 worth of trail and ultra running gear. There are only about 150 patrons, so the odds on a win are way better than the lottery. Interested? Find me at patreon.com slash wildgingerrunning. Thanks for listening, guys. Have fun, enjoy your run, and I'll see you on the trails.